This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Imagine for a moment, if you will, Deshaun Watson, starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And with that, welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. And we're only a week into the offseason, and we're still getting nonstop news. So we're here. We're ready. We're going to leap into the twilight zone. If I'm Jake, that must mean Joshua House is with me. Josh, it's great to see you. How you doing today, buddy? Dude, I'm literally seeing you. I mean, this is the first time that we uh, we got our webcams on, and we are a motley crew, but I think this is going to be a fun podcast, and what better way to start it off than with that, because, I mean, that has been the talk of the town, the Deshaun Watson talk. So much has happened, though, in a week, man. I mean, how, how have we got here, and we'll try to bring that all together, but I'm doing great, man, and I'm excited to talk Dolphins football with you. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. You know, you mentioned we're seeing each other. We're taking baby steps. Who knows? Maybe before, you know, we'll do some live streams for the shows. I'm I'm going to throw that out there, but, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Baby steps, as we said. So what we're basically going to do here is because, you know, every conversation, Dolphins Twitter, uh, the Dolphins fan base has, it, it's really people love to get on either side of the argument. And, and what we're going to try to do is, is stick in the middle. And, and that sounds cliche. That sounds, you know, I know everyone's rolling their eyes. But what we want to do here with entering the twilight zone is we want to look at the Miami Dolphins if they made a trade for Deshaun Watson. We hear all the rumors going around. We'll get into that in just a minute. And then we're going to do part two, uh, what the Dolphins are going to look like this, you know, might not even be the twilight zone, of just keeping their draft capital and what this team's going to do and how just these rumors really affect the team. So part one, Deshaun Watson. Let's jump right into that, Josh. This really started, it was Chris Mortensen, ESPN. He brought out the fact that Deshaun Watson is incredibly, incredibly frustrated with the uh, Houston Texans as an organization. I feel if you have a top-tier quarterback, they run the organization. I mean, I was a Miami Heat fan when LeBron was there. Most people listen to this are probably Heat fans. When you have someone like that, it's really hard to not bend the will of them, especially with a track record like the Texans, who were a laughingstock for uh, the beginning of their career. Uh, They had some strong years with Matt Schaub, but Deshaun Watson was supposed to be the the franchise quarterback. He's 25 years old. He led the league in yards. He was but eighth in both completions and attempts. So this wasn't a guy who was just kind of lobbing it left and right where nonstop he could only throw the ball. So this is a 
kind of comes as, I wouldn't say a surprise after everything that happened with Houston, but after firing Bill O'Brien, you really think that Deshaun Watson is going to be a big part of this team. But Josh, here we are. Chris Mortensen not only said that he's frustrated with the Texans, but he would like a trade to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. How how great is that? You know, we, we suffered this this horrible defeat to the Buffalo Bills. We have our postseason uh, dreams trounced. It's okay. Now we're going to get into a little uh, a flirting match with Deshaun Watson. Here we are on our side of the high school gym, middle school gym, middle school gym. And there's Deshaun Watson. <laughs> we're kind of looking at each other. But as it's... of right now, we both feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's that meme, isn't it, when the guy's walking <laughs> with the girl and he's looking back. I mean, that's essentially yes. what all Dolphin fans are doing, and you can't really fault him. I mean, like you said, it's a top-five quarterback. I'm looking at the numbers this year. He had 4,823 yards passing, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. And again, this is a top-five quarterback, and our good pal Ethan Skolnick put it put it quite simple. When has this ever happened? I mean, when is a guy this talented – potentially have been on the trade block and for Dolphin fans to sit here and you know we're sitting here and drawing our line in the sand and going back and forth one way or the other this is a great situation to be in because like you said they just won 10 games and now you're sitting here and you're trying to figure out what two is going to develop into and those weapons surrounding him and we'll get into that in the next podcast but now if you bring in a top five quarterback I mean that changes everything so I understand where the smoke's coming from who can really fall to Sean Watson you know for kind of um, I mean, I'm sure it's his people reaching out to the Dolphins and seeing if there's interest there, because let's be honest, they have the most capital to do this. You know, they have the most money to make the trade happen and then to fit him under the cap space. And again, he's 25 years old. So, um, you know, this is the twilight zone. And I think um, for every Dolphin fan that wants to sit here and completely discredit what Deshaun Watson has done. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Tua guy. I'm a Tua guy. If your phone alerted you and this, this trade went through, I mean, you'd be running naked through the streets because, uh, you know, your quarterback problem is absolutely solved. And. Um, I, I hate to be in Chris Greer and Brian Flores' shoes because this is a crazy decision if it comes about that they will have to make. You th- you you wouldn't like th- this opportunity because I, I think there are two things that, that I certainly think are worth noting. One is, is Deshaun Watson's no-trade clause, which I think will play a huge role in, in how this really develops because a team could run out there and offer more than, than the Dolphins. The team, you know, the Jets come running in and say, hey, we're going to offer the second overall pick. We'll offer you two more first-round picks. And, hey, Adam Gase will give you everything that we left in his office after he left the building. And, so, so, and Deshaun Watson could be like, no, that, that's not something I want. And, you know, there are pictures out there of Deshaun Watson wearing Dan Marino shirts. Of course, Dolphin fans are going to eat that one up. And this has been a guy who, who has really struggled to be in a franchise that treats him right. And he's really kind of pulled himself above all that. Uh, you know, he's played 16 games in each of the last – uh, two out of the last three seasons, excuse me, with 2019, he played in 15 games. Josh, this was a guy that's been stacked over 40 times in the last three years. They traded two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil, and this guy was still sacked 62 times in 2018, 44 times last year, and 49 times this year. This is a dude who's getting hit a lot, and he's still hurling 30 touchdowns. So there's something I want to get out of the way before we start talking about trade uh, negotiations and things like that. It's the fact that people are putting Xavier Howard in these trade discussions for some strange reason, because it, that's like going full Madden, Josh. Um, Xavier Howard, he signed with DC, DEC management, David Cantor, uh, a guy who actually grew up a Dolphins fan. Um, the concern here is you think back, Olivier Vernon, DC, DEC management, Paul Soliad, DEC management, Derek Shelby. These are you know guys that 
the Dolphins really like to have a round, but but this is a guy, and I'm not going to blame Cantor at all. Your job is to make sure your guys get paid. This is a guy who's going to maximize the value of each of his players, and you can understand what Xavier Howard is doing here uh, for the fact that he's not even the highest-paid cornerback on this roster after securing 10 uh, interceptions this season. And that's really it right there. I mean, when you are that type of dynamic playmaker like an Xavier Howard, and, you know, when, we, when he got that contract, I know Dolphin, a lot of Dolphin fans were upset about that. You know, at the time it was, oh, man, we're overpaying Xavier Howard, and now it looks like peanuts. And you mentioned Byron Jones coming in and immediately, you know, becoming that highest paid player. And we see that Xavier Howard is the best player corner in football. So you're not, like you said, you're not faulting the agent or the player here for wanting to get that max contract. But to throw his name out there into this, and, I mean, again, even just talking about Deshaun Watson, I mean, that in itself might be this Madden trade. But then throwing in Xavier Howard and Tua and two and three draft picks, I mean, we're spiraling out of control here. But um, back to the original point and what you kind of mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast is they have not treated him right. And a lot of this started because, um, you know, once they were looking for a new GM, once they were looking for a new head coach, they basically reached out to Deshaun Watson and said, you know, we're going to listen to you this time. We're going to let you have some say because, like you mentioned, he is that franchise quarterback. And by many accounts, you know, they haven't done that. I think Eric Bieniemy was kind of that front runner, kind of the guy that Deshaun Watson truly wanted to see in there. But then he sees them hire uh, Nick Cesario from uh, the New England Patriots. And, you know, now who knows who they're bringing in as a head coach. So when you're Deshaun Watson and you're just sitting there and you're seeing it just time and time again, um, why would you want to be a part of that? And we see Andre Johnson speaking out. You know, we see Arian Foster Street speaking out. They have been in that situation. They see it firsthand. They saw what, what Jack Esterby did to that franchise. And for Deshaun Watson now, like you said, to have all the power. And that's what people are failing to realize. You know, yes, the Dolphins might have to give up three first-round picks. Yes, they might have to give up two a tongue of a little. But Deshaun Watson realizes, you know, I'm going to the freaking Miami Dolphins. I would rather them have that capital. You know, he has a little bit of say here. You know, he has a little bit of that superstar power that a LeBron James had, that some of these other guys had that you mentioned. So, uh, I, again, I think the entire thing is just this one crazy Madden simulation that we're even sitting here discussing it, but um, you know, you have to sit here and at least entertain it because to me, the biggest thing is, and I love Tua Tungvaluwa, but, but correct me if I'm wrong, if Tua Tungvaluwa develops over the next few years into the quarterback that you think he can become, is he not only going to, like, just at that point, will he not be in that Deshaun Watson tier? You know, you're almost going through the growing pains of, you know, developing your player and seeing the bumps and bruises that he took last year and seeing the licks that he's taken, whether it's in the national media or, you know, the local media. To simulate all of that and to get a 25-year-old somewhat finished product that you could just plug and play, I mean, that's why we're sitting here talking about in the Twilight Zone because, I mean, to add that to this defense that was top, you know, top three, exactly. top five for most of the year, that that's a wrap to me. I mean, that's game over, and, and uh, that would be pretty damn dangerous. Dangerous in the NFL. The, and the, tex, the Texans are in cap space hell. I mean, adding someone like Xavier and Howard to do that is, is an absolute disaster. Not only is Howard looking for a new contract, where I think it's said in the report that, you know, he would be willing to sit out some OTAs, some training camps. Not that he would. Uh, something that's really interesting about Xavier and Howard is he's always kind of seemed like, yeah, I like Miami, but, you know, it's kind of whatever. It's kind of. It seems like it's all business for him. And, and again, that is perfectly fine. He's an incredibly talented player. Um, we kind of thought it would get a little sticky when Byron Jones signed that higher contract, when Xavier Howard's the flashy volume guy. You know, at the end of the season, it was it was more me than you. I won't throw you under the bus. You're saying, well, what? where's Byron Jones? Where's, you know, this huge contract? What is he really doing with it? Well, we have Xavier Howard here making less money than him. So that is going to be a whole battle in its own. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is, is kind of twofold. One, he is not going to be in a trade for Deshaun Watson. The cap is just not going to work. There's no way in hell. Number two, do you think that the Dolphins are in the ideal position to deal with disgruntled superstars? 
That is one of the things I think is so important and going to be so interesting to watch develop because I think we spoke about it last last offseason when you saw DeAndre Hopkins be traded for a second-round pick. Stephon Diggs goes for a first. Even, you know, that is a steal. Stephon Diggs, he led the league in receiving. Does Brian Flores, to you, Josh, seem like the coach who can really keep everyone happy once contracts are signed? We saw the Tua smear piece today where, uh, you know, players are kind of upset. We're going to get into more detail later, but... Players are upset that they're starting uh, Fitzpatrick or Tua over Fitzpatrick. Player or Kenny Stills is upset. Jay Z is being played during practice. There have been little hiccups. I guess that's all we can talk, call them through Brian Flores' tenure as coach, and he seemed to figure it out each time. And he deserves all the credit in the world for that. But we're walking a, t- a tightrope, Josh. Do you, do you feel that? Say the Dolphins make a trade for Deshaun Watson. Does Brian Flores seem like the coach that can really keep everyone happy once contracts are signed? I think he does, but I think that's a valid point that you bring up because you're mentioning this instance. You know, what other team in this situation, and, and maybe that's more Omondo and, you know, the Miami Herald for what, what they're doing, but what other organization, you know, is leaking these type of spin pieces against your franchise quarterback, you know, immediately after the season? So um, it's a good point. You saw the leaks come out, you know, whether it be Tua being named a starter, this and that. I mean, Throughout the year, you saw these little instances, but if there's any coach in the league, and I think we mentioned this on a previous podcast, I mean, there are going to be players, not only if you get Deshaun Watson, to line up behind him, to, mm-hmm. to, to play alongside of him, but you already got it happening with Brian Flores. I mean, we saw the way that it, it just affected all the players throughout the league when he spoke up earlier in the season about everything, and we just see the way he commends the locker room, you know, throughout the season. So I think Brian Flores is the right guy. He's the right leader for the Miami Dolphins, and if you believe that, you got to believe that he can bring in Deshaun Watson, who, again, if you're a Texans fan, yes, he might be disgruntled. You you know, if you're a Dolphins fan looking from the outside, you know, he probably is a scrum. But we've just laid down, you know, a perfect, uh, you know, blueprint as to why, you know, he's upset. They're not giving him the say that he deserves to have. You bring a guy like him in here, you know, you don't even have to worry about the contract. We're mentioning Xavier Howard now. He wants to get paid. Deshaun Watson's already got that big contract. And, yes, a lot of people are worried about how that can affect the cap space. But it twofold. If Tua Tagovailoa becomes that franchise quarterback, that elite player that we believe yeah. he is, we talked about on the podcast again. You're eventually going to pay him. You're going to be in the same situation. A so, lot of first round um, picks they got to pay. A lot, if yeah. If that's the case, yeah. Any you true know, playmaker. last year? Three last Any year. Any true playmaker, yep. And, you know, it, it does beg the question. I've heard it a lot, and I don't know the true answer to this. But if you brought Deshaun Watson in and, you know, with those same weapons well, – sorry, we talked about this before, didn't we? If you bring Deshaun Watson in here with these weapons, Jake, is this offense better in 2020 than what we saw with Fitzpatrick and Tua? I, I do want to get into that, but but just so we can kind of flatline and have it a, you know some sort of foundation to go on. <laughs> Thanks. Deshaun Watson that. is getting paid $10 million next year, so that gives a little bit of wiggle room to really get your chickens in order. Um, he's getting paid, I think it goes 32, 35, 30, something like that, something in that range. So there is a buffer year in there where they can really, the Dolphins can really figure out what they're doing. For the sake of this exercise, Joss, let's say the Dolphins just traded 3, 18, and Tua for Watson. Again, I know he's worth more. I there's no reason to argue that, but there is that no trade clause. I think this is a lot like Tunsil in the case of the Dolphins need to be offered a deal they can't refuse in order to do something like this. So for the sake of this, let's say Deshaun Watson is a Dolphin. They gave up Tua, the two first-round picks. They have $10 million less roughly in cap space. Uh, you know, another $11 million goes to uh, – actually, no, you don't have to pay your first-round players anymore. So that $10 mil that you're going to spend on those first-rounders goes straight to Watson. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! 
What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Does the, then let, now let's ask the question. Is this offense better with Deshaun Watson and no picks this coming year? Maybe a little less cap space compared to Tua and the weapons they have. Let's even go position by position. We got to start the fact Will Fuller, awesome wide receiver. I think he's better than anyone the Dolphins have. Just in terms of being well-rounded, I love Devontae Parker, and, and I think he's a great receiver. But Will Fuller is an absolute game-changer. He got hurt near the end of the season. Uh, no, he didn't get hurt. It was a PE, PED thing, right? I believe so, yeah. Sorry about that. He's a free agent. So Brandon Cooks, the Texans just traded for a second-round pick. They got him. They're not going to be a re- resigned re-signed Will Fuller since there's $17 million in the hole right now, even before their draft picks. Josh, let me start with this. Is Gaskin, has Miles Gaskin proved to be as much or comparable to David Johnson uh, this year, let's say? Yes. I'll take that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And, And two, I mean, you kind of think about the type of guy Watson would need. Is it that, you know, we want that first round pick to maybe be a running back? Gaskin could have gotten to be the guy. Gaskin's actually shown he's better as a receiving back than a running back, I think he is. He is really that guy that you want to get out in space, not because he's fast, but he can kind of wiggle around guys. His vision is really uh, there. It's just a matter of when he's in the trenches, he can't really sprint by those big dudes. So you start there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, I think what we fail to realize, and a lot of people want to go out there and, you know, sign a high-priced free agent and draft a a young running back. I mean, we're going to do that, but... I think we forget if Miles Gaskin didn't miss that large chunk of time in there, his stats would look pretty damn nice. This offense would look pretty nice. And we shouldn't have to look at numbers to see that. I mean, you mentioned it. Miles Gaskin looks decisive with that ball in his hand. You know, he finds those holes and he, he doesn't dance around it or make no mistake about it. He hits the hole hard. And, you know, a couple of years ago, would you ask me if Miles Gaskin, David Johnson? Probably not. But if you ask me, you know, the current state of David Johnson and, and that broken down uh, uh, Ford truck that he is or, or whatever you want to call him, <laughs> I mean, you know, they. I would take Miles Gaskin at this stage over that, but I think to bring the point to, to, to back to you, I'm sitting here and I just ran down, you know, I, it did it in my head, and I thought, you know, Devontae Parker, you got a healthy Preston Williams, you got Lim Bowden, you know, um, you know, whatever second-round receiver, I mean, we forget about it. This receiving class is, you know, it's pretty damn deep, and yes, we see Devontae Smith, yes, we see Jamar Chase, but just because they're giving up two first-rounders does not mean, you know, they can't address and get a pro- yes. prolific, you know, wide receiver in the second round. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about rookie with DVP and, and Preston Williams, and then you got Albert Wilson coming back, hopefully, and then who even knows what they do in free agency? You know, they got Chris Godwin, Juju Smith, Allen Robinson's being linked there. They still got money. I, I don't know how they can bring it all together, but I think, you know, even if you just took Deshaun Watson, uh, for argument's sake, and just put him on the Dolphins in week one, you would have no flip-flopping between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tungvaluwa, and you would probably have a better offense, you know, throughout the duration of the season than 
maybe anything that we saw all season. That's crazy to think when you think about, you know, the Chan Gale, and we keep hearing 1984 is the last time the Dolphins scored this many points. To think about what they did, you know, with all the change throughout the year, that's impressive. But I think if you put Deshaun Watson on this 2020 Miami Dolphins team, uh, you know, I think we would have saw a better performance than what we saw throughout the 2020 season. And that's kind of the, the, the cool thing about all this is that no matter which direction the Dolphins go for the sake of this, they, they trade for Deshaun Watson. Like you said, there are a lot of players leaving this team who weren't just part of a 10-6 and 6 roster. I mean, Ted Karras, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Camus Grigier-Hill, those are like the quote-unquote big-name free agents. Yes, we can get into the, I'd be cool to bring a Landon Roberts and Vince Beagle back, but for the sake of the big picture, the Dolphins aren't losing anyone that's really going to turn this roster into complete turmoil. So this is this year, it, it's all about using the resources the Dolphins have to make that final push, to go from that 10-6 and feel-good story to that 13-3 and threat of, oh, my God, the Bills and the Dolphins, two teams in the same division. I mean, we're talking about how great the NFC West is. I mean, the AFC East is going to be incredible. If you have Bill Belichick-led team as your third-best team, the AFC East is going to be an absolute powerhouse. So the Dolphins really can't mess this up. I don't mean that like rhetorical. They legitimately can mess this up. Uh, we've seen the, it before, right? We've seen it, before. <laughs> we've seen it, we've seen it happen before. And, and the, the reason I think doing an exercise like this is so cool because there are people right away throwing out like, no, we can't we can't trade for Watson or we, we have to trade for Watson. You can build the team either way. And this would be a really interesting decision. And, and my final thoughts come down, get, come down to two points really here. Dolphins don't make this trade unless it's a steal. Like I said, I think Tua and two ones, I think that's about as steely as the steal could get. Unless, you know, Watson's holding out into the start of the season and they're desperate for anything. Uh, but I think if the Houston Texans are going to make a trade, I think they do it before the draft, not having any first-round picks. I think they want to pick out some guys. Uh, and number two, the thing that sticks with my head, Mike Tomlin a couple weeks ago, he was talking to Chase Young before a game against the Washington football team. And he said, I never want to be bad enough to get a player like you. Basically, what he is, it, it's kind of a weird compliment, but, but it's a really interesting perspective because what he is saying is, I don't want the Pittsburgh Steelers to ever be so bad that we have an opportunity to pick number third and get a generational talent like you because there's no way you're slipping to us. You're that good of a player. The Dolphins are in a unique situation where they're good, and they still have a chance to get one of those top-tier, unique players. And, and yes, we can make the case that Deshaun Watson is one, but, but there's that little bit in the back of my head that I really want one of those game-changing, world-changing players. Because you can make an argument Chase Young was one of the biggest reasons Washington made the playoffs. Yes, they were under 500 and all that, but I don't think that really matters for the sake of this contest. No, and, and, I mean, Chase Young was as big of an impact of a player as we've seen in the playoffs, to be completely honest. I mean, what that guy did, you said it single-handedly carried the Washington team into the, the postseason. But I think what's lost in all this, and uh, before I give my final thoughts, something I got throughout there is Matt Miller used to write for Bleacher Report. He reported that Nick Cesario, while he was with New England, would love to a ton of Iloa. You know, he loved him throughout the draft process. So that throws a little bit of an added twist and layer Good into point, this whole yeah. thing. And again, I think we sit here and we look too much at the salary cap and neither of us are, are you know, accountants. We can't sit here and crunch the numbers the way other teams or, you know, whether the professionals can. But what it comes down to is when and, you know, I can't truly remember a time in throughout NF throughout the time that I watched the NFL where a salary cap was really, you know, this huge restraint yeah. on a team. You know, we, we kept hearing it about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, you know, even New England. How are they going to get a quarterback? They signed freaking Cam Newton for, what, under a million dollars? I mean, I, I know this yeah. is just like a – that just doesn't happen. And But with Tampa Bay, I mean, 
Fournette signed there, and then they brought in Antonio Brown, and they had all these Tom Brady, and the list went on and on, and they were supposed to be, you know, strapped with cat money. So I don't think we should put too much stock into that, but at the end of the day, with Deshaun Watson going to do to this, and again, I hate that I'm even bringing it up, but in order for this entire thing to happen, I think it goes back to Deshaun Watson. He has to pull his strings and be that puppet master. Yeah. You know, he has to do what Andre Johnson said, and what, uh, you know, each pl- countless players continue to come out and say, you know, he has to to have a power play and he has to say, I want to go to the Dolphins and you know what, then they got to work it out. But right now what we're hearing is two and three first. And to me, you know, that's crazy to even sit here and contemplate. But when you put into perspective that the Dolphins will be taking their investment to a tongue of Iloa and basically simulating, you know, all the growing pains and, and immediately bringing in a guy like Deshaun Watson, who, again, I, I think we mentioned on their podcast, Kyle Krabs of Dolphins Wire of the draft network does some of the best draft work, you know, in the country. He came out and said, Last season, if there were two quarterbacks that he would build a franchise around, one would be Patrick Mahomes and one would be Deshaun Watson. I mean, if, if that doesn't just tell you how special a player he truly is, and you should see it when he's on the field. I mean, I don't know what he could do to this team with the weapons in place, but I don't think that you bring in Deshaun Watson completely enables this team to com- continue to build and to continue to get better. And we're saying all this without even talking about the offensive coordinator who's going to have a huge say in this. You know, you know, Chan Gailey, whether we want to believe it or not, he definitely – he definitely put some restraints on this offense. So that's uh, a long-winded way of, of saying, and I hate to quote it, but it really is that Dan Marino thing where it's F it, send it in, you know? Okay, we can sit here and we can, and we can break this up and say, you know, I really love Tua, I really love Devontae Smith, I really want this and that. But at the end of the day, if Deshaun Watson was a Miami Dolphin, every single one of us would be wearing that number four jersey, and we would just mm-hmm. feel, you know, maybe a lot of this fan base just feels that un. That's un- uneasiness, that you know, that unrest right now because they saw Joe Burrow do well. They saw Justin Herbert do well. There's a little bit of you that's just sitting here wondering, you know, is this the same old Dolphins? You wouldn't have that doubt at all if you got Deshaun Watson. And I right. think, you know, along with Brian Flores and what they've already built in place, uh, I mean, this team would probably be playing this weekend, if we're being completely honest. Josh, I got two questions here to wrap it up for you. Um, for a good franchise, you, you need basically two things. I think if if you could blindly put together a franchise and you could give it two things, one, you'd want a top five head coach, and the other, I think you'd want a top five quarterback. Isn't what this trade, would that not, this trade be the Dolphins having a top five coach and a top five quarterback? Would you think that is actually what, what would really develop there? And with that, I mean, what else can you ask for? I mean, yes, it'd be, it's so great to have these picks. It's so great to have flexibility. It's so great to be in all these conversations because it means the Dolphins are doing something right. The Dolphins went 10-6. and six. They're headed in the right direction. Could they be projecting to go 13-3 and three next year and reach that? Sure. Can they devolve and be this terrible franchise that we've grown to uh, hate and love? For you? Yes, that is clearly a possibility. So I, I think, like you said, throw it all out. You would have a top-five quarterback and a top-five head coach. Salary cap, I love your point because, yes, it, it it has some impact, but at the end of the day, if there's something a team wants to do, the salary cap doesn't matter. You can make it work. There are ways to manipulate this in so many ways. I think Chris Kaufman, uh, C.K. Parrott, does an incredible job. He's a huge number guy. He kind of goes through about how, in theory, the salary cap's a big deal, but but overall, not really. And then... then I guess that wasn't really a question, but Josh, would you agree? So. <laughs> oh, dude, keep going. I mean, I, I 100% agree, and I, isn't that every fan's dream? I mean, isn't that yeah. what we wanted since Shula and Marino? I mean, you're again, you're simulating the growing pains. You're basically saying, okay, here, take these picks, and you give us this franchise quarterback who, again, is 25 years old. I mean, I think that's also being overlooked. This is not – he's three years younger than two. I mean – uh, I don't know, man. It, it, there's so much here, and it's just crazy because, again, we're 10-6. and six. You know, this is 
arguably one of the best and most exciting seasons that we've mm-hmm. seen as Dolphin fans. And now to sit here and say, you know what? That promising quarterback that we sat there and said we wanted to tank for for two years, let's just throw him away and get Deshaun Watson. And, you know, what's crazy is I'm sitting here and I'm, it, it gets you excited because whether you get Deshaun Watson and then you figure out how to manipulate and get these playmakers under the salary cap or you take Tua, which we'll talk about in our next podcast, and build all around him, the future of the Miami Dolphins is bright, bright as can be, and, and that's exciting. And it's just funny that we're even sitting here talking about Deshaun Watson because I think last year at this time when that whole shirt thing came out, we were sitting here saying, would you trade the pick that's Tua, and would you trade this asset and this for Deshaun Watson? And just to come full circle, you know, in, in 365 days, it's a good situation to be in. Uh, Finsider Radio, thank you for joining us guys here on the Twilight Zone. Uh, Josh can be found at twi- on Twitter at Houts. I think I finally got my Twitter down. It's at jmendel94. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, please smash that subscribe button. We've actually seen a nice little boost recently, so thank you guys. And, and Josh, in the grand scheme, football is a sport we all know and love, and there's only 16 games. The fact that we can sit here the first week of the, the offseason and have legitimate conversations about franchise quarterbacks and the direction of the team, I mean, that this is a treat. As someone who... As both of us, guys who are in the media, this is a treat that we can sit here and talk about these things. And it's worth diving into these uh, situations because, as we said, this offense with Deshaun Watson is just on another level. Josh, to wrap it up, one last question. Which sounds more appealing to you, Deshaun Watson or a group of potential? Deshaun Watson. (laughs) I love it. Again, thank you guys for listening. We're planning to pop out this show as soon as possible and look for part two a day or two after that so you can kind of compare and contrast about what we're doing. For Finsider Radio, thank you so much for listening. And and most importantly, Fins up. Fins up, baby. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami.